Hey, everybody, welcome to The Laps. Kyle Jest here. I've uh, been running this crowdfunding campaign at patreon.com slash thelaps, but I got an email the other day from a fan who thought the show was moving to a subscription model. So just let me clarify, that's not happening. Regular episodes hit every three Sundays, and they still are, except when it's Christmas. To make up for it, though, there's another full-length episode next Sunday. What you will find at Patreon are deleted scenes pulled from the archives or short stories that aren't long enough to make regular episodes. These are only made possible by Patreon and the wonderful editing assistance of Jeremy Terrian. So, the more I thought about it, the more I realized, you know what? Creating the laps is kind of its own story. Because no matter how big the show might sound or how much acclaim it wins, we're tiny. Rinky-dink tiny. Which is why I'm calling this one, I Made This. Here it comes. These are the beginnings of the laps. I was six years old and I wanted to be a writer. I was poring over word searches, you know, the kinds where the letters were jumbled and there'd be some written up and some written down. I'd match the letters in the clue to the letters in the puzzle, one by one until all the letters matched up. My favorites were the diagonals. Then I did learn to read. I still wanted to be a writer. I wanted to be like my hero, R.L. Stein. I wanted to write blood and guts and monsters, <laughs> things that scared people, things that scared me. Mostly I was successful at frightening my teachers. The fact remained, I wanted to be a writer. Only problem was, I dropped out of high school. Now that's the story in itself. However, I still had a love for language. I was a studious kid outside of school or not, determined to be something or somebody, even if I was already forgetting how to do long division. I took to studying screenwriting. After all, my dad worked in the pictures. He was a grip, something to do with lifting the heavy things or making the lights look nice. I didn't really know, but he had to know some people, right? So I researched, 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 researched the importance of formatting and story structure, how to get an agent in Hollywood, whether or not I could do any of this from a little hick town in British Columbia. The answer to that, by the way, not really. I spent most of my time doing what teenage dropouts do, growing older and becoming increasingly depressed. Long enough that by 21, I was old enough to apply for university exemption as a mature student. A lot of universities do this, for the record. All you have to do is have such and such life experience, such and such this, such and such that. Then all I had to do was take an interview and pass a literacy test. Scene one, Apple, take one. And so, I spent the next four years of my life making movies in university. Sort of. See, the thing about film school is that everyone is a director, except the ones that aren't. I, well, I aren't. I wanted to be a writer, remember? As that fourth year grew shorter and shorter, I was having a crisis of faith. Maybe this wasn't the industry for me. Outside of school, I was checking off the new experiences. All the stuff I missed out in high school. Sex, Smirnoff, psychedelics. I even landed my first girlfriend. What does any of this have to do with making the laps? Like I said, I landed my first girlfriend. Now understand that I didn't have anyone else to measure to at this point. So if the following description raises a red flag, Hey, sometimes first love is colorblind. At the end of our date, she warned me. I'm crazy, she said. You don't want to date me. But I did want to date her, even though, as she explained, she had been diagnosed with borderline personality disorder, BPD, a kind of broad collection of disorders characterized by a few key traits. She was, one, 
wildly impulsive. Planning, spending, partying. Two, bulimic. There was very little the good girl kept down. Three, dissociative, forgetting where she was or who she was. Four, prone to self-harm, scar tissue upon scar tissue. Five, depressed, obviously. And six, suicidal. Overlooking the cliffs at the beach, she'd smile, saying, instant or painless. Just kidding, she'd say. I was happy and miserable and terrified. Her parents came home early one night to find her bleeding out in their bathtub. Words like fat, alone, and ugly were carved into her thighs. Any later, she said, she'd have died. I'd stay up hours on the phone with her, trying to tell her she shouldn't kill herself. She would spend those conversations lashing out the name-calling, blind, pathetic idiot. How could you possibly love me? You're just as fucked as I am. Later, she'd apologize. It's the BPD talking. Meanwhile, my ambition to work in film had all but dried up. I knew I had a knack for storytelling. I knew I could write, and I knew I could edit. But forget it, directing? Moreover, I was depressed. I was in a relationship I didn't know how to leave. It became this ridiculous game of make-believe, ever the optimist. Pretend things are okay, and they will be. Then she got pregnant, and I think we both wanted to kill ourselves. The baby miscarried, for the best, probably. She'd been experimenting with drugs, a fresh terror of mine. That, and in the eyes of her family, she was a good Christian girl. An abortion would have killed her. So we broke up. With less than three months of school remaining and an internship still due, I spent more and more time in bed, less and less time actually writing. But things, things would be okay. The faculty set me up with a writer who happened to teach at the school. He was supposed to be a guest again on some show I'd never heard of. Uh, what was it called? Oh, yeah. This American, American Life. Life. I'm Glass. Each week on a program, of course, you choose a theme, bring you a variety of different kinds of stories on that theme. I had no idea who this Ira Glass dude was. I didn't listen to radio, nor did I listen to podcasts, really. But this was an unusual exception because it wasn't radio and it wasn't a podcast. This particular episode of This American Life was a special being broadcast live across theaters in the U.S. and Canada. I sat down, tuned in, and the show was revelatory. But while This American Life had a wealth of groundbreaking kind of investigative storytelling, it was the really tiny stories that clicked with me. I'd lived stories like these. These were my stories. All I needed was an outlet to share them. So, a year after graduation, the lapse was born. Now, the show's not really about my stories. It's way more interesting for me to discover other people's stories. But that was the theory. Because I'd kept so much under wraps, things my closest friends had no idea about, Everyone has got a story, everyone, some less dramatic than others, but it doesn't matter as long as they tell a good one. And they don't have to be a storyteller. So long as you have somebody to frame it in a compelling way, I thought maybe I could be that person. I spent more money than I really had on a microphone and started by interviewing my friends. Those make up a lot of the earlier episodes, TJ and Marshall and Manuel, all those people. I didn't have a studio and my roommate at the time was insane. Seriously, she fainted with rage once, but that's... It's another story. 
My room was so small we had to record in my bed. My friend Rachel joked, what are you going to call the show? In bed with Kyle. So here's how it works. I have a conversation with somebody. Oftentimes, this is their first time sharing a story, not coming from a script. So it feels genuine because it is. Then, after the recording, all of my questions are cut out. That way it doesn't sound like an interview. Then, I connect the dots. I write narration. I plan how I want to use my sound. Can I emphasize this bit? Can I sum this moment up? Should I slow it down? Check, check, one, two. Then comes the hard part, putting all of this together. Depending on the strength of the storyteller and how nervous they are in front of a microphone, that can take a while to clean up. Then I add music and sound. That alone takes days by themselves. But eventually, finally, this. Like what kind of disposition did you, were you objecting to, to being in there? Were you just sort of... I didn't say a thing. I mean, I, I you know, I, I, when they took the drugs out of my, you know, the pill out of my pocket, I looked, you know, I said, I, I, you know, what's, he said, what is this? And I said, I don't know. Sounds like this. I had a small vest pocket on my vest, and he unzipped the zipper, reached in, and he held a, a pill in his hand. The cop's English might be poor, but there's one word he manages. Methadone. Or yaba, literally translated, the madness drug. And while George is tied... Joe's had a lot of love and some accolades, so I'm grateful for that. I'm still using the same equipment. Fortunately, I'm not recording in my bed, but I am now cramming strangers into my closet. And before anyone says it, yep, the joke's been made in the closet with Kyle. Badum. Point is, making this show has been both incredibly rewarding and slightly frustrating. <laughs> because podcasting for the little guy, they say, is not supposed to be a living, right? But I refuse to believe that's true because, come on, like crowdfunding is responsible for some of the best independent art we've seen in years. So I guess what I'm getting at is if you've got a dollar, even one. It helps enormously for my morale, not just to keep this thing running financially, but it tells me that this is a show worth making. Plus, I'm giving back to those who help out. Monthly extra minisodes, um, those are in addition to all the regular full-length episodes, no subscription stuff, don't worry about that. Uncut interviews, uh, earlier direct downloads of the show, episode previews. You can even watch some of my early short films. I'm gonna be putting those up there. You can chat with me on a regular basis. I get back to people there, uh, Talk to me. Tell me what you want to hear next. All of that is at patreon.com slash the laps. I seriously hope you consider it. But I won't pitch you any harder. Another full-length episode hits next week. So, my name is Kyle Jest, and this was The Laps. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs>